Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And welcome to Writer on the Road in 2017. We're really excited to bring our first uh, business of writing mini-series and we're kicking off today with Jennifer Gale and the most exciting thing about that is I'm starting off with me and Jennifer has a business called Fit and 50 Plus so my job this year is to get fit, I'm definitely over 50 and Jennifer is going to help me along that track. Uh, Jennifer's going to be my sponsor or my very first sponsor on my podcast so I'm very very excited and in return she's got the mammoth task of making me walk run and do whatever it else it is to get fit in 2017. Uh, As some of you may know this is my year of living creatively. We started off with a bit of a bang and I've had lots of visitors and today is the first day where all my visitors have gone so now it's time to knuckle down get serious and start the year in the way and manner in which I wish it to continue. So I'm looking at fitness, I'm looking at money, I'm looking at family, family, I'm looking at downtime, I'm looking at all the things that will give me balance for 2017. So this mini-series is really special to me. It's about organising my life uh, for 2017 and beyond and making sure that I can cover all facets of, of that life that means what it means to live creatively. So this week I bring you people who who will help me but hopefully help you as well think about things other than writing that bring us to where we want to go so I've got things on my list um, building my email list getting my books out there Jennifer's my first sponsor Um, but the overarching idea of 2017 is I'm looking at story what is story what does it mean to tell your story how how can we tell story in different formats and different ways that resonates or resonate with uh, writers or listeners in 2017. So sit back, listen. I've got uh, fan fiction coming on. I've got gamers coming on. I've got lots of blog bloggers coming on, people who are uh, running their own business and have to tell their stories in their own way. What I'd like for you to do is go to iTunes, join up, join us for the journey in 2017, because you know what, there'll be times when I fall flat on my face, but it won't be any fun if you're not there with me every step of the way. So sit back, listen to Jennifer today, and she's going to help me do that number one step, get rid of all the champagne Uh, drinking that I've been doing, uh, get myself back into my uniform so that I look fit and uh, svelte for my work in 2017. But most of all, stay with us this week as we look at all the facets of what it means to live creatively in this very fast-paced world of 2017. Uh, I'm really excited to have you along for the journey. It's 
welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. I've got with me today someone who I think I need very, very much, and I'm hoping that some of you may gain something out of this conversation as well. But if you don't, you can live in eternal um, hope that your podcaster extraordinaire will be in good hands and good health uh, leading into 2017 and my year of living creatively. I'd like to welcome today Jennifer Gale. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Valinda. It's lovely to be here and lovely to be interviewed for a change. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jennifer, would you like to tell us what you do? Okay. So I have a company called Fit and 50 Plus, which sometimes gets some people scrambled because and was taken on the blue nowhere. So it's an N. And uh, I provide uh, health and co health and fitness coaching uh, for women over 50 uh, really looking at the whole woman though not just I want you to run up the street and I want you to do 20 squats I like to look at the whole woman because as you get older things actually change quite a bit and there aren't too many people out there training that actually understand that so I also have a whole lot of other things so my mantra is to provide information and inspiration for women over 50 to look better move better and feel amazing yeah now I'm all in for feeling amazing because I'm feeling a bit haggard at the moment I've just come off school I'm tired I'm grumpy um but the good news is it's my birthday and oh, I happy am birthday yeah. so it's I'm 55 and I'm about to start my year Perfect living creatively and Jennifer is going to get me fit and fantastic and get me on there's a bike ride here in I don't know, it's next year, 2017, and it's called The Cycle of Giving. And you can ride 100 kilometres and you pay for uh-huh. the privilege of doing it. So I'm going to line Jennifer up. I'm going to keep you updated on my health and fitness. Jennifer Penn uh, on the Creative Penn podcast, she walked 100 kilometres. I'm going to cheat and ride my bike. Uh, Jennifer, All fun. Yeah, so Jennifer, you've got a big job ahead of you and I wish you all the best. I have. <laughs> uh, but let's go back to the beginning. All right, Jennifer, your qualifications are pretty impressive. Um, would you yes. like to tell us about them? But like most women, I feel like an imposter most of the time. But, yes, I have a Master's of Science, but more importantly, I have a background in cardiology and intensive care. So I actually established the first um, three-phase cardiac rehab program in New South Wales. Um, so my background is really caring for people that are not well. So I know a lot about physiology and the physiology of exercise and what exercises do what to you. And um, so I've worked with the hardest cases, Melinda, <laughs> and managed to get them fit. So I had some in my past. I worked with thousands of people, particularly women. Um, but uh, my real claims to fame were getting some of my heart transplant people to do marathons and things like that. So um, I believe that everybody can do whatever they want to do if only you take it slowly and you know what you're doing. So my background really is in health and in really the science of being healthy and well. So you'll notice on any of the things that I give you or any of the things on my website or anything like that, I always try and research the very depths of it because there's a lot of misinformation out there, particularly about how to exercise, how to care for yourself, what to eat. 
and a lot of it's not based on science. And, of course, because I've got a science background, I'm a bit thingy about that. <laughs> yeah. So that's my background. And um, if you read a little bit more, when I, I, I've always been a healthy person, but I was a very busy person. I was an executive and ran hospitals and all kinds of crazy things like that. But my husband got really sick when I was 50 and he nearly died. And I'd always wanted to do a triathlon. And I thought to myself, what on earth are you waiting for? So I had to teach myself how to swim and how to ride. I already knew how to run and so off I went. And during that process, I learned an enormous amount about what wasn't available for women over 50. So all the little bits of information about how to buy a bra, how to buy shoes, what kind of socks should you wear, what should you eat, how fast should you run, because it's so different when you're 50 than when you're 20. Because when you're 20, your body will actually respond and recover so much faster and it will forgive you a lot more than it does when you're 50. So, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I'm really passionate about helping women understand how easy it is to be well and getting supporting them to do that. Yeah, and... and um... Jennifer's being a little bit shy here. She missed her master's <laughs> degree in science. She missed that she's an international speaker, research, certified wellness coach and an author of a book that we're hoping we may be able to give a couple of copies away once it's released sometime between now, now, before Christmas yeah. and after Christmas, but it has the most yeah. amazing cover. The podcast has the most <laughs> amazing cover. It makes me feel good because it's pink and bright green, and I'm thinking I like the colours. The mantra is participating fully in our lives, and I think as writers, I'm just wondering how difficult it is to get the balance sometimes with so much going on, families, writing, the business of writing um, for us indie publishers, and sometimes having to work at an outside job as well. Life gets a little bit topsy-turvy at times, Jennifer. It does. It does. And uh, there is one key thing to all of that, and that's actually planning. The most, if, if you do nothing else in your life, you need to sit down for about 15 minutes on a Sunday probably and think, what on earth am I doing in my week and where am I going to fit me in? Because you have to actually take care of you because you're the powerhouse for all of those things. And if you don't, all of those things will fall over. And if and that, that is the one thing that all successful, healthy women do. They plan their weeks, which means they plan when they're going to exercise and they plan what they're going to eat and they plan their 10 minutes just on their own, just emptying their brain or doing a bit of meditation or whatever. It's the absolute key when you're busy. And having written a book, I understand how hard it is to keep healthy when you're writing because you get in a vein and you can't stop. And really you've got to know enough about yourself to understand where you're going to fit that 30 minutes in for you every day. Okay, look, it's been great having you on the podcast, Jennifer. Everybody, you heard it here on Rider on the Road. Um, I don't want to hear any more because I'm all sad now. I'm thinking, I can't find 30 minutes a day. It's all too hard. Um, well, send me an easier able. goal. <laughs> <laughs> we started start off with that. I've started off people just doing five minutes. Yeah, and it is amazing, everybody, that we do get wrapped up, or so very wrapped up in our businesses and our writing. And I know full-time writers, I have some amazing women on the podcast, Jennifer, and they will write 
you know, up to 5,000 more words a day. And trouble is most of them are full-time writers and um, independently wealthy from their writing and they can go for long walks on the beach um, in between times. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Annie, I want that Annie, job. Annie Seaton, I'm talking about you now. Um, it's crazy and it's a world. It's, I guess it's for the rest of us who, who have families, who have full-time jobs, who are writing, who are business people. Now, what inspired me a little bit with you is um, you ran a triathlon at the age of 50 but you couldn't ride a bike or swim how amazing is that (laughs) well I tell you it was a big journey um particularly the riding part (laughs) my um my husband used to be a really good cyclist and so one of the things in his treatment um was really affecting his ability. He took really high dose cortisone, which sends you a bit psychotic for a bit. And I thought if I had something that he could help me with, that would really help take his mind off it. So I had to buy a bike. I bought a $250 Bikes R Us bike, and down we went to the velodrome and learned how to ride. And I the first time I crashed into the fence. (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. It was hilarious. But it's amazing. It's just amazing what you can do. When you start, you just yeah. have to start. And, you know, then I, I think nothing of going for a 50K ride. Like, it's nothing. It's yeah. really nothing. But just getting around the velodrome, the worst thing for me was turning around. I used to stop the bike and turn the bike. Oh, the first time I turned around properly was at my actual triathlon. And I was so proud of myself because I didn't stop the bike to turn the bike around. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, turning a bike around i i am a toodler i love toodling along dirt tracks out in the bush where there's nobody and i avoid hills if i can um although i did live on the west coast of tasmania and i rode from rosebury to zian to have That's a game a of ride golf. it was an amazing <laughs> ride and it was really good fun but i was as you said a hell of a lot younger then in a velodrome yes. you, is, isn't it a circle yes it is it is so so i was quite easy when i was learning but my awful son and my awful husband said, okay, now you've got to turn around and go the other way. <laughs> so it, it was quite hilarious. I can do it now. I can turn around, no problems. I wouldn't say I was an incredibly confident rider, and I think that's just because I started a, a bit older. But um, the more and the more you ride, the more confident you are. So at the moment I haven't been riding a lot. I've been running, um, as if any of you follow me know that I'm, on a mission to do a half marathon next year. So I've been running a lot. And um, so I haven't really ridden that much in the last year, but I have a beautiful bike now. So I have a special women's triathlon bike. Yeah, so that was good. The thing about swimming that was really nice was I discovered a new way of learning to swim. Um, And the name will come to me shortly, but it's about being more fish-like in the water. So this is an adult way of swimming and they do it all over the world. I'll look it up in my email in a minute. And they teach you to lie in the water rather than teach your stroke. So you learn how to feel your body in the water before you do any swimming. And it was just the best thing. I ended up doing an open water swimming course and swimming in storms out to sea. I'm not at all scared at all of the water anymore. And that was learning to swim was really beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing you can do. You glide through the water. It's quiet. You can't take your phone. No one can talk to you. 
<laughs> you're on your own with the water supporting your body. It's just beautiful. The first time I did, when I did my first triathlon, I only had to swim, I think it was 200 metres. It was a baby one. And I was out of the water, second or third last, and I was so mad at myself because I couldn't swim the whole way. Like I turned over and backstroked and everyone was faster, but I learned an enormous amount doing that. Um, the funny thing was you spend so long trying to remember all these rules in triathlon, like how to find your bike when you come out and there's 700 bikes there. And I'd made great pains to know where my bike was. Of course, when I came out, there's only two left. So it was quite easy to find my bike. But yeah, it was it was an interesting thing as an adult to learn those things. It was good. It was great for me. Met some amazing people. And there's nothing quite like mixing with really super fit people to make you super fit yeah one you know one thing they never do is smoke (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, have a glass of wine after work Uh, yeah don't you don't you don't normally i didn't drink when i was training so when i'm training for a triathlon i don't drink during training season um it just it affects your training too much you might once a week have a glass of wine but I mean, I was a CEO then, so CEOs generally drink a lot, I can tell you. <laughs> it's part of the position description. But So that was an interesting thing for me to, um, yeah, inhabit a job like that and then not to drink. It was really good, really yeah. fun. Yeah, and I think, it's a, I think it's part of the job description for writers. And, look, mm. I, I think the writers work all day, but you get to that stage uh, at the end of the day and you think, I've worked really hard and I'll have a glass of wine. Uh, I stayed home for the la- I wagged the last two days of school because I threw my shoulder out that went down to my elbow and up to the back of my neck, uh, and I had to stay at home. Uh, and basically, I worked all day on my business, and I got to about half past five, six o'clock, and I think, oh, I've worked really hard. I'll go outside and have a glass of wine. And I thought it doesn't matter, even when I've thrown a fetlock and I'm injured, I just think, oh, end of the day, I'll have a glass of wine. And it's just habitual. It started with my eldest daughter was born. <laughs> Oh, funny that. <laughs> we used to call it the suicide hour. Yeah. And my friend next door used to ring me and say, please come before I throw the wine cask at her. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, mine started in, ah, oh, that's uh, Jennifer. My started, I never drank till I was about 25 and then my first husband yeah. and I, we went on a yacht and we lived on our yacht for many years. And happy hour was a tradition among yachties. I notice on your uh, gravatar that you have a picture of a yacht. Ah, yes. Well, actually, you know what that is? That's a tall ship. And I love being out on the water. And we went for our 30th wedding anniversary, went to um, New Zealand, to the Bay of Islands. And we went out on the tall ship, the Tucker Thompson, I think it's called. And they let me go out right out on the bow, like Titanic style. So that's what that picture is. My husband took that picture, which is why it's not that great. But I loved it. It was so much fun just being out on the bow. Yeah, and and I think it comes back to to being able to do those things. And as we get older, uh, and Jennifer has written a book, and we're going to talk about that everybody in a minute. So just be patient with me. I am getting there. Uh, But as we get older, in order to do all the things that we want to do, we and Jennifer's talking about bike riding and triathlons. I'm not going to go to that extreme, but I do want to be able to get back on my bike. I do want to be able to play my 18 holes of golf. Um, because now that I'm living creatively, I have to play golf. It's called networking. I went That's to right. a business in heels 
um, oh yes, function. I've heard about that. <laughs> Absolute disaster. I thought I'm going back to the golf course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> much, yeah, much safer. Um, but you've got here nine things every fit and healthy woman needs Which to do. do. Okay, nine yeah. things. We can do nine things, everybody, can't we? Yeah, we can all do nine things because they're simple. The uh, the key is to actually incorporate it into your daily living. So the key is not to do it on top of. It's the key is to do it as a part of and most of those things are things that you can do as part of your day really i mean being mindful about what you eat that's not hard just think about it think about what you're eating instead of eating really really fast make sure that you stop enjoy it think about it because as soon as you start to think about it you actually slow up you don't eat as much as been proven you don't eat as much and you eat better because you actually taste it there's this thing called the crunch factor that your brain turns on when you crunch. So those most of the crunchy things in life, like nuts and celery and things like that, the crunch actually tells your brain that you've eaten and helps you to feel full. So, yeah, they're all things that you can incorporate. We'll talk about them at length as we go along. <laughs> I'm in trouble, team. Help me. Um, now, there is a page dedicated to chocolate on Jennifer's website. Uh, tell us about chocolate because we can still have it and I know from my old organic eating days and my earth mother days that it is okay to eat chocolate but usually dark chocolate. Yeah, so I put the chocolate on because lots and lots of women love to eat chocolate and I thought I need to really understand the science of this and there is a science behind chocolate. It's like red wine. They both have something in it that helps um, the cholesterol level inside your artery so it's like a a scavenger if you like getting rid of the bad things but the key to eating chocolate is to not eat too much of it and to only eat really good quality chocolate Um, and as soon as you start to put those things on you actually can't afford to eat a kilo of chocolate so buying a kilo of chocolate it's not a good thing to do. But having six or eight squares of dark chocolate is a really good thing to do for your body. And it tastes so nice. So my husband and I have got this thing about free trade and slaves and children and all that kind of stuff. So we've stopped eating commercial chocolate as it is. And unless they unless they can tell us that the cocoa beans are harvested not by children who are being paid nothing and that the farmers aren't being ripped off. We don't buy it. But that does mean that our chocolate is $8 a block. Now, everybody, I knew I would bring this back to books. There's a bookshop in Townsville called the Mary Hugh Bookshop, and it has all the fair trade chocolates that Jennifer's talking about, and they are 8 or $9. And my daughters and I made a weekly um, junket to this bookshop, and we buy ourselves a book and chocolate and it became quite a weekly um trick and we'd ride our bikes yeah and it's that quality i think of saying right we're going to buy a beautiful book we're going to have some beautiful chocolate we're going to ride our bikes to do it and it becomes an event i think in our fast-paced lives i think we're trying to cram so much in we race into cold supermarket we buy all this really ugly stuff that none of it looks like food and we race back out again um it's that fast living i notice in the city it's really hard to avoid um but Mm -hmm. i guess part of the secret is slowing down yep just taking a moment just take a moment whatever you're doing i I think i put something on my facebook page the other day from one of the dalai one of the dalai little llama people um can't think what you call them but monks 
clients were there, and he was talking about how people think that meditation is this big thing and you need to set aside, you know, a space and a time. And But actually it's about just standing for a moment and being still. And that could be as simple as standing for a moment in the bank queue and just being present in that actual moment for a minute or two. And if you just start to do that once a day, twice a day, you will soon slow down the rest of you slows down and I know people look at me and say that couldn't be true it actually is if you try it just next time you're rushing or you're waiting for something and we wait for lots of things we even wait on the phone I mean if ever you've had to ring a government department you'll know you have to wait on the phone for an hour and that's a really good time to actually just be present for a moment and it slows you down and you start to notice all these different things around you it's and part of the training that Melinda's going to do, and she doesn't know this yet, is that part of my six-week program is a particular um, guided meditation package that I give people where you work from five minutes a day up to 30 minutes a day. And this amazing woman called Sarah McCrom did these for me. And it's about um, teaching you to be mindful but what it does is it reconnects you with your body and helps you build a more resilient energy base so Melinda it'll be great to chat with you about how this works for you because all my ladies love it and they all balk at it at the beginning and at the end they'll say that was the best part besides me telling them what to do every week it was the best part because we designed it purposefully for women like this like you, who what really happens when you get busy and, and you've lived your life so much is that you actually disconnect from how you're feeling, how you're thinking, because it doesn't serve any purpose when you're trying to get a lot of things done. The purpose that it does serve is keeping you healthy and well. And so what I'm going to teach you to do is reconnect with your body as well as getting fit and all of those other things, it's all one big package. I'm glaring at her, everybody. I'm glaring, glaring, glaring. <laughs> what does it for me, Jennifer, is a book and a beach. That's all uh, I yeah. need is a book and a beach. Uh, oh, and that's yes, why, that's why I've got my caravan and I've got my rig and my idea is by the age of 55 that I would have been sitting by a beach somewhere or a river somewhere with my feet up reading and writing my books. But, of course, my children have different ideas and I'm smack bang in the middle of Brisbane City yeah. living my worst nightmare. Uh, and I'm assuming that all those other people in the city traffic listening, listening to their podcasts are wondering what they're doing there as well because I think we've built this crazy world where it's very, very hard to get off the merry-go-round. It is. It's really hard. But if you can do it for a minute or two, it actually makes a difference. Yeah, and I know you're thinking, okay, this can't possibly be right. It actually is. Should I describe my day to everybody? (laughs) No, no, truly, truly, I, I have been someone who, at one stage in my life, I used to drive 80 kilometres to work. I was a senior health planner. I used to drive another 80 kilometres to university three nights a week and come home. And I had two children at home and two stepchildren. Yeah. And that's when I did my master's degree. Yeah. Now, what can I say? Now she shamed me into it. Yeah, whereabouts I did you? Shame <laughs> whereabouts did you live, Jennifer? I lived in Barrel in oh. New South Wales then when I was doing my my yeah. masters. Yeah. See, all roads lead back. I'm from Goulburn, and I've spoken to Are lots you? of people who passed through. I think um, Rachel Amphlett passed through Goulburn, and I'm sure Jim McLeod would have been around there somewhere. Um, Barrel. Not only did she, um, Jennifer do this, Barrel is a place in. 
uh, between Sydney and Canberra and it gets damn cold. It gets Crazy. really, really cold. Um, cold. And I presume driving into the city to do your university. Okay, no more excuses from me. Tell us about your book that's coming out, Fit and 50 Plus Active yeah. Women something or other. So it's called Fit, Fab and 50 Plus, Your Guide to Living Actively for the Rest of Your Life. And it has my lovely yoga lady on the front. Um, it was designed by my friend Jeannie Trelaw from Sassy Branding. And it, the, she's got a little balloon that says, Why a Brazilian is Better for Bike Riding and Other Things You Never Knew. What's she talking <laughs> about? Oh, <shut> up. <laughs> hey, this, this conversation's taken a turn for a worse. Um, it has. I think it has. It, it has. Really, it talks, I really wanted to put all of the little tips and tricks that I learned, particularly through my triathlon journey, into a book because there's lots of things that women never talk about and there's lots of things that you can't find out. And one of them is actually having a Brazilian when you're training a lot for a triathlon because I have to tell you, it is mighty uncomfortable when you're doing hundreds and hundreds of kilometres <laughs> training and you're on and off. Oh, so yeah, I'm not quite sure what a Brazilian is. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. I'm not going to insist you have one. It's all right, Melinda. <laughs> I've, had, I've had some conversations on this podcast, everybody. We've had the whole what happens behind the closed door on the romance novel thing and I was blushing yeah. and going insane then. Now I'm having other discussions. I'm thinking this podcast is a family podcast. <laughs> um, I was going to bring up the whole topic of menopause because every. You Five minutes I walk around, I go flush here and flush there. And I say to my daughters, I said, is anyone hot? And they go, no, mummy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, power oh, search. my God, what is going on here? Everybody, the writer in us can use all these experiences in our novels. We have some writers among us who write um, about mature heroines. Um, so I guess we need to know all this stuff. When you were writing the book, Jennifer, yeah. tell us, um, what kinds of struggles did you have? Uh, trying to put all this stuff into words and organise it in a way that we can pick it up and I guess just flick through it and pick out the bits that we want. So getting it all out of my head wasn't that hard. Um, what's been hard and what's held me up? So I, ha I actually finished writing it in November last year and it went for its first edit and it came back and it went back and it came back again and then I hit this most enormous self-confidence block where for about the last five months, four months, five months, I've been unable to actually touch it. I've sat down, I've opened it, and I've thought, what, you know, that's what I said at the beginning, the imposter syndrome, who am I to be telling anyone how to do this stuff? And that has been my struggle. And it's so stupid. It's just so stupid. But... I'm actually at the, I'm hoping to have it finished. It was supposed to be tomorrow, but it'll be Monday now. But it's ready now to go. So I've had, I've put in it. So my struggle has really been my own personal struggle about my own worth and who am I to be telling people how to do this. And that is just a shocking thing for a woman of my age. And where did that come from? Well, it came from my life, I suppose. But that's been the hardest thing. Uh, knowing everything was easy, getting it out of my head was easy, writing it down. Um, I was lucky enough to do a thing called Key Person of Influence and part of that is a publishing module where they give you a framework for writing and so we use that and we actually wrote, I actually wrote 32,000 words in 30 days. So it was that was easy. 
Um, the book cover was easy. All of the other things are easy, but it's really been, and I'm sure lots of other writers go through that. We just can't even, I couldn't even physically touch the cover. Like I just couldn't bear it. But um, now every day I wake up and think, okay, it's great, nearly there, nearly there. And if someone told me the other day I need to be visualising that book in my hand and giving it to people and that will keep me going. So that's been the hardest part. Yeah, and, yeah, and um, feel the fear and do it anyway. I think every writer listening to this podcast today will know that letting our babies out into the world is always scary. So, look, let us counsel you, Jennifer. We are here for you. Um, <laughs> if you think you're going to get us up at 5 o'clock in the morning doing all this stuff, the least we can do, and having Brazilians, my God, um, the least we can do is help you through your writing fears. Now, everybody, I did ask the guy from um, someone, Carson, from Key Person of Influence, he wrote the book on how um, to do all that yeah but he wouldn't come in our podcast because we didn't have a big enough audience yet so obviously he takes his key person of influence very very seriously and we're and not influential and it just cracked me up i thought i'll come back when i've got more listeners everybody so we've got 10 i wouldn't be worried you know who would come on your podcast Uh, andrew griffiths would come yeah andrew's coming yeah he is and i have to tell you that would be the best interview yeah he's fantastic andrew is very funny everybody he lives in Cairns. he's a businessman he writes business books he's been in the writing industry since we used pencil and a piece of bark and he's gone right <laughs> through to the technological age i did ask him when we were at our podcasting conference would he come and talk to us he was wonderfully generous and i got a hug so i was really happy no, um, he's a nice man yeah i haven't got around to doing that yet uh now you've completely distracted me the Buna retreat talking about a retreat for writers is a wonderful thing combining writing and wellness just has this real ring to it it does. That would be fantastic to do that, I must say. Oh, okay. We can do that ourselves. I've got – I hey, I organise retreats. I've got it written on my car, so it must be true. Um, what do I organise? I'd be more anymore? than happy to do that. All right. Well, we need I to – I could even talk about menopause if you want me to. Uh, no, we just go and have a swim. Uh- <laughs> Yes, it's very good for men. Yeah, I I do agree that, I guess, as a women's thing, but I'm sure a lot of what you do applies equally to men. Um, It certainly applies to all writers because we can fall into the trap of being sedentary. Um, But I think writers, we're learning more and more to take care of ourselves, even to the point we're sitting down all day. There's now standing desks where we can stand I've got one of those. Yeah, I saw them at Ikea. I had this nightmare trip to Ikea where I had a little melt- meltdown. Yeah, um, don't love it. Oh, <laughs> they go there for a shopping experience. Spare me. I should have sat there with my hands in the air meditating. Um, but they did have the standing desks and I thought they were a very good idea. Now, I know Jennifer has got us on a time limit today so that I don't travel overly longly. I love that word, longly. That's my new word of the day. Every writer out there should use longly at least once in their lives. Um, Okay, so we're going to participate fully in our lives. We're not all going to go and run a triathlon. Um, I can swim and I can ride a bike, but not very far. Um, I am looking forward to working with Jennifer over the next year in my year of living creatively and boring everyone to death with it through YouTube. I'll keep you informed about how fit I'm getting. Jennifer's got an easy job because I'm there at the moment. <laughs> so I say I will be able to see how fit you get. I have to tell you, men are much easier to coach than women. 
women are lazy. No, they're not lazy. They're more difficult. <laughs> well, I've lost two husbands through difficulty. Do I have to have more difficulty? No, I know. But men, men are much easier to coach. They're much better at doing exactly what I told them to do. With women, I have to be far more creative. <laughs> Yeah, we women are very determined. Look, everybody, I think all this stuff feeds into our writing lives. It certainly feeds into stories that we want to write about. I was very keen to have Jennifer on. Her book is coming out at Christmas. I will try and get a couple of copies to yeah, to give great. away because it's it's got a great cover. I'll put Jennifer's website on there. Jennifer, you tell us about your coaching, um, your one-on-one coaching and your Skype call and your six-weeks program, which sounds yeah. very exciting. It is exciting and it's about to be relabeled to, to the Fit and 50 Plus six-week program, uh, Time for Me is what it's going to be called. And uh, so I have a six-week program. It's really about helping people get started back to being fit again. So it, as I said, it has a six-week meditation package in it. It also has six weeks' worth of videos that help you learn how to do self-massage using massage balls rollers how to stretch properly all of those kind of things because that's actually really the key to remaining flexible and being able to actively participate probably more than actually being really fit if you are flexible you can actually bend and pick your children up you know you can actually i was watching a video this morning you can actually get up off the toilet so many people have to go into homes because they can't get themselves up off the toilet they've got no quad strength no arm strength and they actually can't get up and that's really sad because all you need to do is do a few little exercises every day. So I usually, I um, have a health assessment, which Melinda will be getting via email, and I work through that. So where I work out where you are physically and where you are mentally on your journey to being fit and healthy. She doesn't have and my credit well. card yet, everybody. I might get out no, of this. And then we have a conversation about what what is your goal is there a goal? And then we work out a plan for how we're actually going to get there depending on where you are now and where you want to be. So it's very bespoke. There's no one plan fits everybody. Um, people come to me for all different reasons. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's great that you've got a goal. I think a goal makes it so much easier. But many women really just don't understand their bodies and really just want to learn about their bodies. And so I spend a lot of time with some people explaining what's happening to them as they get older and how they might um, negate the effects or improve from that. So, yeah, so you can have a six-week package. I also just do just do one-on-one coaching as well where I'll do a health assessment and then we can have one or two sessions or as many as you like. But the six-week package is really lovely and at the end of it you do feel amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now I've got to tell you, everybody, my date with Jennifer was supposed to be a long lunch at South Bank. I'm not quite sure what's gone wrong here. Um, it's starting to sound like hard work. Uh, but everybody, look, um, being I guess being in touch with our bodies is, is a very interesting thing. A lot of us are mothers. We've got um, our daughters orders coming through we don't need to tell them that they can do everything and be super women anymore um thank god that um, phase has passed the remember the old um power shoulder pads that we used oh, to I wear had those. yeah um and as 50 pluses but the other thing is we are on the young side you were telling me about the older ladies and the problems that do arise when you are older still um i guess if we're 
I'm 55, you're 50s, we have to start now because tomorrow we don't know what's going to be around the corner. Look, that book of yours that's coming out, I will, I will blog it, I will put the cover up there. Yeah, I'm guessing, I, I just thought that our conversation today would interest some of us, but I think there's something in here for everyone to take away. And I, I've sort of... I've. I've highlighted here participating fully in our lives. I had the um, podcast up there about being persistent and, and continuing to say, look, feel the fear and do it anyway. So we're advising Jennifer because we always give back here. Um, feel the fear and do it anyway and um, publish you. that book. Um, you can tell us feel the fear anyway and get out of bed and exercise. Just get up five minutes early and walk around the block. Ah, and um, it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Jennifer and it's goodbye from a writer on the road for another day. I'm off to have my birthday drinks. Bye for Lucky now. Lucky thing. Bye for now. <laughs>